0: Because technology sucks. That's the answer. Well, should we hop right into the episode with that, that being our goal <laughs> <little time laughs> <on? laughs> I think so. Welcome to ADSP, the podcast episode 38 recorded on July 28th, 2021. My name is Connor, and today with my co-host Bryce, we interview Sean Parent about the Adobe Software Technology Lab. So I guess this is the third. I mean, we've had, what, five episodes probably, um, but that was across two different recordings. So at this point, probably most of our listeners know who you are, Sean. But in case there are some people that have tuned in since the last time that you were on, maybe we'll start off by introduce, you can introduce yourself um, just in case people are like, who is this, who is this Sean that has appeared out of nowhere? Um,
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, Yeah, so um, uh, I'm Sean Parent. I'm a Senior Principal Scientist at Adobe. Um, I've been at Adobe off and on a little bit, I guess, for over 25 years. Uh, uh, Started on the Photoshop team, and most recently I've been working with the Photoshop team. And I'm restarting Adobe Software Technology Lab, which we'll talk more about in a bit here. Uh, before Adobe, I was at Apple for five years. I worked on QuickDraw GX and then the transition to PowerPC. And in the middle, some, somewhere close to the middle of my Adobe career, I took a year and went to Google and worked on Chrome OS and then flamed out and uh, came back to Adobe.
0: So, so that's who I am. All right, so we uh, – I think it was episode 16 or 17 was one of the first ones we had you on. And I believe you did talk about uh, – what was it? The eight-year period with um, Alex Stepanov and – was it Paul McJones um, that uh, – where you had the uh, initial ST lab. But like maybe you can recount uh, – Briefly, sort of that period of time, and you just sort of nonchalantly said that you're bringing it back, um, which is like it's it's, ma- it it's it's With massive Dave abrahams. Yeah, uh, well, you took away his thunder, yeah. Bryce. Not going to cut that out. <laughs> uh,
1: no, so um, uh, uh, yeah, so this came about. I don't know, two thousand one, maybe. Uh, uh, Alex Stepanov came to Adobe and gave a talk. And after his talk, it was on STL, for people who don't know, Alex Stepanov is the, the person who created the, the standard template library for, for C++. And uh, he came and gave a talk at Adobe and after his talk, he and I started chatting and at the time he was a vice president at Compaq, which was in transition, they had just been acquired by Hewlett Packard. And so he was kind of sliding back to HP. He had actually created STL while working at, at HP Labs. And uh, 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 we were chatting about work that I was doing. And we ended up spending a long evening in my office just talking about engineering stuff. And at the end, he said, you know, this is amazing. I would love to get back into engineering. And I haven't had a conversation like this in a long time. And and uh, I said, well, why don't you? And, and he just kind of shrugged it off, but a couple of weeks later he called me up and said, you know, I gave it a lot of thought, and I don't want to be a manager anymore. I want to be uh, an engineer. So is there a position at Adobe? And uh, there's a bit of a long story here, because he did, did join Adobe. I was not able to get him to join. Uh, I was working in Adobe's research group, and I was not able to get him into Adobe's research group, so he joined a different group, uh, one of our share technology groups, and found it a bit frustrating. There was a, a bit of a mismatch there between somebody who's, who's kind of a very senior researcher and mathematician and a group that's just slogging through a bunch of bugs. And, and, uh, uh, the result of that, you can find. I gave this story at, at Alex's retirement party, so there's a video of that online. Maybe you can link it in the show notes. Uh, but the, the end result was, was, was. Uh, I thought Alex was going to quit. He was, he was getting frustrated, but he insisted that no, he he thought that the job was worthwhile and he was enjoying it and he was going to stick it out and work with this team. And about Two weeks after we had that conversation, he called me up and said, guess what? And I said, you're quitting. He's like, no, they fired me. <laughs> and so he had been been fired from Adobe. And I scrambled. And uh, Greg Gilly, who I think I mentioned.
0: I did spend like 40 minutes last time. Trying to find that video clip of him uh, rambling on stage. It uh, it took me a while, but I did find you it. You didn't
2: find it? Right, did right. find it. I did, no,
0: find, no, it. did uh, find it. Okay. I yeah, did find yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, it's hilarious. I hope people w- that listen to the podcast you
2: you, you you can tell Bryce does not listen to the podcast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're a busy guy. I Understand.
1: Uh, so so in any case, I went to to Greg, who uh, uh, Greg was uh, like you know director of. Uh, uh, Digital imaging, so he had had Photoshop and and a bunch of products under him, different org than I was in, and different organization than Alex was in. Uh, uh, but I knew Craig well, and I went to Greg, and I said, "So this guy Alex Stepanov, I know you probably don't even know who he is, uh, uh, but an amazing individual. He was just fired, and and you need to hire him back." and Craig was like, I can't do that. It's another organization that would be going against another VP. Um, uh, I can't hire this guy back. And, and I said, well, I'll put it this way. I said, if, if he goes, then I go with him. And and so why don't you at least take the time and, and go out to lunch? And uh, uh, you have lunch with the man and see what you think. And so he went to lunch with Alex and came back and called me and said you know come come to my office and I came in and he was he said you know god damn you he said I'm gonna I'm gonna hire this guy back <laughs> and he said but here's the deal if I hire him back you have to manage him and so uh, uh out of that uh, uh Alex and I started Adobe Software Technology Lab which was uh, uh, uh the name came from Hewlett Packard Software Technology Lab, which is actually everybody always thinks that, you know, STL stands for for a standard template library or some people think it's Stepanoff and Lee because it was it was Alex Stepanoff and Meng Lee who wrote the the initial paper. Um, uh, But it actually STL comes from Software Technology Lab, which is where Alex was working at HP. And so. So we created a group, uh, Software Technology Lab, and it was within Adobe's digital imaging organization. And, and the charter of the group was uh, to improve software engineering practice uh, at Adobe. But we also thought that to do that, you kind of had to do it industry wide. And we defined uh, practice to be distinct from process, meaning that we were concerned with what engineers wrote when they sat down at the keyboard, not with things like how they ran a Scrum or or uh, uh, whether or not they were following an Agile process or 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 anything along those lines. It was it was concerned about you know, what do they actually type when they sit down and write code, and we did that with a, a three-prong approach. So uh, part of it was, was education and so Alex was teaching a class at Adobe and that eventually led to the publication of Elements of Programming, uh, which is, is Alex and Paul McJones, uh, uh, their, their book. And part of it was libraries, so uh, you know, besides education we had libraries and tooling. And so that uh, uh, created something called the Adobe Source Libraries, which are still kicking around. They've kind of moved into my own domain, which is sdlab.cc. And they're still available up on GitHub and still in wide use inside of Adobe. Uh, uh, but that's you know a, a set of libraries that do some interesting things that we could talk about at some point and then part of it was research so we had ongoing collaborations with uh, uh, universities including Indiana University where Andrew Lemstein was at and Texas A&M where Bjarne Stroustrup was at Um, uh, uh, and we brought in Paul McJones who uh, for people who don't know Paul's been around for a long time he worked with John Backus uh, at IBM he worked on the the uh, uh uh worked on the module three language uh, uh system r which was an early relational
0: database um john back is for those that uh, so, don't know so he's got i a, think is uh that's the individual who was behind fortran
1: uh individual who's behind fortran uh turing award winner um uh, if you've ever heard of of EBNF right, yeah. as a way to describe grammars, that's that's uh, Bacchus is the B, in the e, B and EBNF. Um, so yes, he's, Quite prolific. Uh, uh, one of the one of the greats in in, in the industry. And uh, uh, another person from Adobe's research team was Matt Marcus, and he also represented Adobe on the C++ standards committee at the time. And then Foster Brereton, who uh, who is now a very senior engineer on the on the Photoshop team, but he and I had worked together on the Photoshop team. He had been my intern for a while on Photoshop, and he joined the group. So kind of the peak of the group, there were five of us, and we had a good good eight year run, and then had kind of a spectacular, very political uh, flame out at the end of the eight years, and that led to me resigning and that's how I ended up at Google for a while and Alex and Paul uh, left, Alex went to A9, Paul retired. Um, uh, at that point, what led to the flame out was actually Adobe uh, we went through a round, round of layoffs and, and Matt Marcus had been laid off and not, it was a decision that I had absolutely no say in um, uh,
0: and I thought was was a very wrong decision. I think I maybe oh. I knew this, but I forgot that the reason that you left Adobe uh, was because of that. Um, yeah.
2: I don't think yep. I knew that, but.
0: And it, and it coincided with the, the flaming out of the ST Lab. Um,
1: yep. Yep. So, so, and at that point, uh, Foster had already slid over uh, back to the Photoshop team. So, so, he was kind of spared the whole. Uh, the whole implosion of the team.
2: Do, here's a question, Sean. Do you um, do you, you you were only at Google for a year, right?
1: Yeah, just over a year. Yeah.
2: Um. Do you do you regret having left, or because like you you came back to Adobe, so so obviously it was okay. the right place. But like, do, do you regret having left, or was it just sort of like you like you needed a break, and 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 even if it maybe wasn't the right long term decision, you felt that like. In hindsight, Um, it was a good thing at the time, good thing for you. uh,
1: It it was a good thing for me. You know, I don't see how I could have stayed at Adobe under the circumstances. Um, I came back kind of under very different circumstances. Uh, The promise at Google was you know they gave me a great pitch that they were creating a new os from the ground up and it was a web-oriented os and they had read a bunch of my papers and they liked my ideas and they wanted me to inject my ideas into this new os you know, how do you say no to something like that uh, the, r- the reality was the new os was chrome os which isn't really a new os it's it's uh, a, a linux uh, with the chrome browser tightly bonded to it um uh I don't really think uh, the manager who I was speaking with had actually read my papers. He had read some of my blog posts, which meant we agreed on the problems but not necessarily the solutions. And uh, uh, so I was a bit of a, a mismatch with the with the team that I was hired into and was kind of going against the grain of both the team and and uh, and Google. Um, uh, that said, I still, you know, very much believed in the vision of, of Chrome OS and I'm still a fan of, of Chrome OS and kind of what it is and, 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 uh, you know, where it's at, I think it's, it's an amazing product. Um, uh, uh, you know, so, so yeah, you know, I learned a lot. I got to work with some, some great people. Um, still have friends that I made at Google but for me personally it was not the right fit and it was was a you know a painful environment to work in because I'm somebody who if you if you give me a problem um, uh, I will kind of keep chewing at it and keep coming back to it and keep revisiting it and just keep kind of drilling down and and I will uh, you know if it's an interesting problem I'll obsess about things for years and just kind of keep chipping away at them and Google was not an environment that, that allowed for that. It was, uh, you know, here's the highest priority problem. Get it done enough that it's not the highest priority problem. Move on to the next problem. And I don't, I don't switch tasks like that well. So, so
0: it, was, it, was, it was not a good fit. Um, From my point of view, it was an amazing year for you, Sean, because we're forgetting what came out of that year <laughs> yeah uh, but that's where the, that's a rotate comes from is your time at google that is where that's a rotate from that was
1: there the, the the long story of the c++ seasoning talk is on a9 videos i went and gave it at, at amazon when alex was over at amazon and yes so the the backstory on that the, the code that i put up in the in the c++ seasoning talk is is code from my very first code review at Google. Oh, wow. I
0: did not know that part. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, at Google, you know, you kind of have to earn earn gold stars. You have to, you know, get your, your readability certificate and your code review certificate. And stuff even you to, uh, had to? Even me. It doesn't matter how senior you are coming into the company. So, So you know, I joined the team and I'm, I'm the noogler, right? i the beanie <laughs> hat and... and uh, Uh, I've got to, uh, uh, you know, go through code reviews and I've got a mentor who's going to, you know, look over my shoulder during the code review to make sure I'm doing the code review correctly according to Google's guidelines and I was given this piece of code um, uh, uh, to review. And when I do a code review, the first thing I always look at is is are there any loops? And if so, what are the loops doing? And this was a very long function with a whole bunch of loops in it that I'm reviewing and I'm like, What in the world are these loops doing? And so I sit down and, and kinda of draw it out and and, you know, they're 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 iterating over vectors and, and, and erasing elements and inserting elements and uh, like, like what in the world is this thing? And eventually figure out, oh, I see, this is a, it's basically a find if followed by a rotate. And really, that was the start of it. But if you look through the rest of it, it was a find if followed by a slide, which is a rotate going one way or the other, um, uh, and then wrapped up with a transform at the end. And so, you know, I spent an evening kind of digging through this and figuring it out and then uh, uh, wrote that up in my comment and was like, okay, so this whole big massive code I'm reviewing is, you know, find if pair of rotates transform done. And the person whose code it was, was like, this isn't a rotate. I was like, oh, no, this is a rotate. It's an inefficient quadratic rotate, but it's a rotate. And and he was like, no, it's not a rotate. I'm, you know, it's it, it's doing something else. And I'm like, nope. I, I, you know, may may not be what you intended to do, but what the code is doing is a rotate. And it it took me, you know, a fair amount of time, kind of conversations on and off for two weeks with the individual who wrote the code, to convince him that yes, in fact, it was a rotate, and that that a rotate would be more efficient in this case and and shorten up his code and uh and i convinced him and he was like like okay i see i understand you're right this is so much better and so he rewrote the code and checked it in 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 in, or put it back back in for the code review i said you know sean convinced me this is correct and my mentor said no you can't you can't submit that It was better the way it was before uh nobody knows what a rotate is and that's too (laughs) tricky and uh uh you know i argued that argument and lost and so the code got got checked into to chrome os and chromium and the reason why i'm able to put that code on my slides is because uh you know, Chromium is open-sourced. And so that code went into the open-source project and it is now part of the public record. Um, The code actually does use Rotate now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I think that's an exclusive we just got there. Uh, Did they
2: change it to use the Rotate after the talk? After you gave your talk, Sean?
0: As far as I know, yeah. I wonder if there's like a long story of like that getting back to like the team or the manager and the person that wrote the code initially or probably they had moved on at that point. But it would be so funny if like they were still there and then like this story is just getting like retold and the story of it getting told is getting retold. (laughs) And they're like, you know what, we should, we should, this is we got to go and change that code. Um,
2: (laughs) Well, Connor, obviously after this after this recording, you're going to have to go find that code and do the git blame on it and see who changed it to a rotate and when.
1: Yeah. You know, I would, you know, I try not to, uh, uh, just because, you know, I, I work on a product that's been around for 30 years, so a lot of times I do the git blame. I'm like, who that F wrote that? And I'm like, oh, I did. <laughs> Darn it. Okay. So, yeah, I mean.
0: Yeah, I think we've all been there where... We're staring at some code and, yeah, who did this? And then you find out and it's like, oh, it was me from two years ago. Oh, that's impressive. I didn't know what I was doing two years ago. I can't believe that works. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, 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 it was a bit of a culture shock, though, going from being a, uh, you know, managing a, 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 a research team with some world-class computer scientists on it to um, uh, kind of, you know, working as a nuclear with uh i you know i would say a a you know an organization that, that, that didn't care about about uh about about your previous history so so that was a bit of a culture shock to slide into that so where was i yeah so so that's that's what software technology lab was we had a, you know i think an amazing 8 year run like I said, the Adobe source libraries are still in heavy use. Uh, I still have some ongoing university collaborations going with uh, uh, Jako Jarve, who he was at Texas A&M, and now he's at uh, what is it? I'm trying to blank on the name. It's a, We'll fill it in. It's a, a, a university in Finland. Uh, we worked on something called property models, which are, are, are within the library. And now I've got Dave Abrahams hooked on, on property models. Uh, and we, you know, uh, uh, wrote the book, published the book, *Elements of Programming*, uh, uh, which, which I think, kind of had a, a huge influence on C++. And formalizes the ideas of generic programming. Alex Stepanov is the person who created the,
0: the term generic programming. I think Bryce, you've said that that's the only book that you've read on C++. Correct. The ULP. only
2: programming, not the only <laughs> book that I've yeah, that's, read. that's what I said yeah. I, <laughs> it's, it's the only right. programming book that I've read though. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually because I'm in the middle of the move. I'm uh, I'm packing up all my books right now, and I'm like I'm tempted to get rid of half of them because I got all these C books that I never read. But uh, uh, I I'm obviously not going to get rid of my Elements of Programming copy, which uh, was a it was my like. 20th birthday gift from my mentor Hartmut uh who just appeared in the office store on the day of my birthday and he's like here you should have this and uh (laughs) then I read it and I was like yeah I should have
1: this (laughs) yep and it's uh the book is open source now too so it's uh or I don't know open source freely available uh you can you can look it up online and, and download it
2: I didn't. I didn't realize that Stepanov had coined the term uh, generic programming.
1: You haven't seen my talk, the history of generic programming. I guess I but yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. We just went past the uh, the thirtieth year, uh, the thirtieth anniversary of generic programming, and so I gave a talk because I thought it needed to be recognized. So
0: I gave a talk on the history of generic programming. Yeah, that's the one you gave at Pacific C right? Yep. So the big news is that STLab is back, and
1: yeah. So so STLab is back. Um, uh, This time it's uh, uh, Dave Abrahams. Who, for people who don't know who Dave is, in the C++ community, Dave was very well known uh, 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 as a Boost contributor and somebody who had, uh, along with Eric Niebler, the they, they had a company, uh, Boost Pro, which was a consulting firm um, uh, around Boost. And, uh, uh, you know, Dave contributed many things to the standard library. And uh, I think one of his key contributions, he gets a mention in my, my history of generic programming talk, uh, was the, the formalism of the requirements uh, for exception handling. The uh, basic exception guarantees and the strong exception guarantees. That's from a paper that that Dave published, uh, uh, which I think was was a very important piece of work. And then he kind of left the C++ community. I don't know, almost a decade ago, not too long after I I had my my run to Google, and went to Apple and is one of the creators of of the Swift language, and then he created Swift UI. And then, he was most recently at Google uh, uh, working on Swift for TensorFlow, which you can look that up. Uh, it was a project uh, that ran for about a year at Google uh, recently, or it had uh, 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 Chris Latner started started it there. Chris Lattner is the person who created LLVM, for people who don't know, and also he worked at Apple and is one of the creators of the Swift language. And, uh, uh, but, uh, uh, Chris left Google, and then about a year later, while Dave was working there, they canceled the Swift for TensorFlow project, and I managed to snag Dave, and it, it came about at, uh, at a good time for Adobe. Adobe's been, uh, Pushing our products onto a lot more platforms. I think you're seeing that we have, you know, Lightroom mobile, Lightroom web, uh, Photoshop mobile. At, at this point, uh, you, uh, you'll see Photoshop appear on on other platforms. Um, uh, and so our products are increasingly getting brought up on. On increasingly diverse environments, and one thing that we're struggling with is is exploiting the hardware on on uh, where we have uh, uh, an increasingly diverse landscape of what the hardware characteristics are. So, kind of how do you code for that? And and you know part of that is is how do you deal with concurrency in a way that scales both up and down. And and is efficient on in kind of all configurations. and uh, doesn't cause a lot of bugs and problems. And right now, concurrency is driving a lot of our quality issues. Um, uh, and they're not not things that Thread sanitizer will pick up. They're not hard race conditions. They're, you know, what I refer to as logical races. their they're, developer made an assumption that, that you know a will happen and then b but sometimes it happens b then a and uh, uh, so so that generated some 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 impetus to say maybe i could try to get out in front of the teams and blaze a path uh, Around concurrency and follow the same charter that we had for the old Software Technology Lab, of taking a three-prong approach through through education, tooling, tooling and libraries, uh, 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 and research with uh, university collaborations. And uh, pull in Dave, and Dave has a lot of experience in this area, and. uh, working on on memory safety which is closely related to concurrency issues and uh, uh, you know hopefully together we can we can make a dent in this and so he's you know got permission we kind of spun up the team it's just the two of us at this point uh, we'll probably grow to three to five which is the old software technology lab peaked at five. Uh, I, i'd like to get, like to get in between there uh, we're looking at the the problems that the, the teams are having and trying to figure out how we have an impact on them and so we'll be restarting some classes soon we're taking taking a bunch of notes and we're kind of identifying what are some of the the key problem areas where where we think we can we can come up with some solutions that can can filter back down into the teams and have an impact. Is
0: there a chance um, this is going to be like a nine videos 2.0 where they're going to get posted on YouTube? Yeah,
1: I think so. Um, uh, We're, we're getting a, uh, uh, you know, right now in the Valley, you know, in the industry, not just Silicon Valley in the industry, uh, uh, hiring is, is very competitive. And Adobe's been growing very fast, even through the pandemic. In some ways, the pandemic's been, you know, Adobe's one of the companies that the pandemic's been good for, right? Every mom-and-pop shop now has to create uh, create their own website and get e-commerce online, and they're going to need, you know, Photoshop and Acrobat and, and uh, uh, our web creation tools, and, and, and they need analytics for their advertising and all of that, and the, these are... all things all products that that Adobe sells Um, uh, so so because it's become competitive uh, Adobe tends not to have the visibility in in the industry that say you know Facebook Apple
0: um, uh, Google uh, Netflix uh, the fang companies as the kids say the fang companies. (laughs) yep Yep, that the FANG companies
1: have. Uh, so we tend to lose a lot of, of potential good hires to to the FANG companies. And uh, I think part of the issue there is that kind of outside of me talking at developer conferences, Adobe doesn't have a really strong presence in the C++ community, or even in the broader just software development community, you know, if you go to to the the Vision AI, uh, you know, Siggraph areas, you know, Adobe has dozens of Siggraph papers. It usually, get submitted every year, and we have a strong presence in in those communities, but um, uh, uh, not in kind of your, you know. Day to day, we need a great C++ engineer to, to pull them in, and so so part of the charter for this group is to is to raise external visibility for some of the interesting stuff that's happening at Adobe, and so I think you'll see, you know, both Dave and I speaking at conferences and promoting Adobe a bit and uh, uh, trying to to raise awareness and and encouraging others at Adobe to also submit papers and speak at more conferences. Cool. And, so does uh, this
2: mean that we'll see, does this mean um, that Dave is returning to C++? Uh, a,
1: a <laughs> open-ended question, you know, maybe Adobe is switching to Swift. Um, uh, we, we don't know what the answer to that is. Uh, is You know, certainly there will be Adobe has a huge investment in C++ and, uh, and, a, and a very large amount of code in C++. And so any answer to these problems has to include C++. So, so there's going to be, you know, a, a, a connection there. Um, uh, but at this point, we're not we're not ruling out. Uh, you know, we're not we're, we're trying not to over constrain the solution set. So, so, but yeah, I think you know Dave. Dave is going to have his hands more in C++, and it's very clear he's, you know, he he kind of left the community pre C++11, and so, so it's uh, 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 he's got a little bit of a culture shock stepping back in and uh, and just to seeing how, how far C++ has moved in that time frame, right, right, right. It's it's one thing to kind of be looking at the news articles it's another thing to be you know stepping into big code bases and going wow this has a has a significant impact in how people are writing code
0: yeah it's definitely evolved. one thing i was thinking too about the visibility is unlike microsoft which bryce and i have talked about this on a past episode microsoft doesn't fit into the fang acronym but adobe and uh nvidia we could just have a triple a fang and a double n just make that acronym <laughs> and Adobe's logo is a legitimate A so uh, I think yeah. I think we
2: should make a we should make a new acronym for the cool C++ places and so so it would be, <laughs> it would be Microsoft Adobe and Nvidia now there there is one word that that those that, letters spell, but it probably does not send the right message. Well, the acronym to be man. We gotta we
0: gotta let's just add a couple letters. What word do we want uh, to spell? We could spell a man. We could spell main. We gotta think of a cool word. Reverse engineer it, and then just go find that, or like go tell a company with that letter. Main.
2: I like main. What's like what's a company with an I that that rises to the same level of cool?
0: Uh, I was thinking E, like the horse's mane, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> um,
2: okay, we could be a company with an E.
0: I guess main makes more e. sense because of the main branch on GitHub. I don't know any co- yeah. companies that start with the letter I. Um, We'll, we'll leave it to our listeners. Uh, if you'd like to be in our new acronym <laughs> created on <HSD> ABS <laughs> Music Podcast, <laughs> Uh, tweet at us, and uh, you can be the eye. Or if you've got suggestions on extending our our acronym is not going to be man. I'll tell you that it'll be <laughs> ma- it'll be now it's man. Um, <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. Well, it's it's interesting because because uh, Adobe, you know, I think of Adobe as being one of the old school, like classic C shops. Because you know, back in the day, you know, it, 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 like A nine in particular, there was Stepanov. Um, you know, Tony Van Erd went through Adobe. I think Niall Douglas yeah. was at Adobe at or no, maybe it was Niall and Tony were both at Blackberry. Um, Louie was there. A bunch of like a bunch of old old school C plus plus people went through Adobe. And and like it it's got a big C plus plus code base. Like I, Sean, I, I recall you once telling a story that involved the number of lines of code and like Photoshop and all the plugins. And I remember it was a surprisingly large, uh, amount of code.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We recently reran the stats. I don't have them at my, at my fingertips here, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's millions of lines and if you, I don't think, unless you're kind of a professional photoshop user i think a lot of people don't have a full deep appreciation for just how much stuff is in photoshop right i mean photoshop can edit videos uh, photoshop can edit 3d it's a very broad broad product uh, that gets used in a lot of different different markets both in graphics art and in science and
0: engineering so it's a you know it, it's a very big and deep product thanks for listening we hope you enjoyed and have a great day